Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magalie on a Journey. I'm your host, Magalie Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the show. I am so excited for today's guest. We have Samara Lane on. She's an anxiety transcendence coach specializing in relationships, business, and workplace anxiety. In this conversation, we really, really talk about relationship anxiety. I actually get pretty vulnerable and share some things I haven't shared this openly before, what things I went through in my own relationship and the anxiety that arose at different times. And I think it's something that just in the groups of friends I'm in and in community in general, it's something that's really common and definitely not talked about enough. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you or with Samara and for you to have a listen. Let me know if this resonated. Tag us on Instagram. I would really, really love to know how you're feeling with this topic and if it resonated with you. Before we get on the episode, I'm so excited that this is launching on 11-1, my favorite magic number. We talk a lot about magic numbers. I think you know our angel numbers. And 111 is all about following your intuition. And it's something that, you know, intuition is my word of 2023. And so, yeah, it's been really, really present. Uh, and I'm so excited. And speaking of another angel number, if you're in the Bay Area on 11-11, we're throwing a official launch party of Unlock Your Vitality, my company. I'm so excited. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful event. Yeah, just some time for celebration and of what's been created. And I'll also be sharing a few very exciting snippets in there of new things coming and launching. And the last thing I'll say is that there's a very exciting wait list. If you're a woman that's waiting to launch a project or in a stage of getting to the next level and also wanting to take care of your gut health and your overall holistic well-being, check out the little wait list that we'll put in the show notes. Okay, without further ado, thank you so much for being here, whether it's your first episode or whether you've been with us this whole time. And let's get into the episode with Samara Lane. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm so excited. Today we have Samara on the show. We're going to be talking about something that I know all of you have either experienced, have a friend experiencing, a family member. So I'm really, really, really excited to dive into the details of relationship anxiety. But Samara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So let's start with a little bit of your journey. How did you get into this world and of helping people navigate their relationship? Yeah, it started long, long ago with my own relationship. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh, I don't know how to tell the story in a short way, but I'll do my best. So uh, years ago, me and my husband were, um, we were not married yet. We were still dating and relationship was going well. It wasn't perfect because no relationship is, but 
We were both happy and content and thinking about the future. Um, we hadn't actually talked about marriage, but on my birthday, he surprised me <laughs> with a wedding ring or engagement ring and proposed. And I remember in that moment, everyone is different. Sometimes relationship anxiety comes on without warning. Sometimes like you have it even at the very beginning of dating or even before dating your partner. Sometimes you've had it in many relationships. Sometimes you only have it in certain ones. Um, but for me, I at the time thought I'd never really had relationship anxiety before. And so I was very startled when I'm like being proposed to this as a supposedly supposed to be a magical moment, right in your life. And it was so sweet how we did it. But instead my mind was just racing and thinking about mm. every fearful thought in the book. Like, is this, am I really sure this is forever? Oh my gosh. You know, I feel like I need to say yes, but I, I am so scared and I love my partner. I want to be with my partner, but what if we got divorced? What if it didn't work out? What if it's not the right decision? How do I know for sure? Shouldn't I be sure? Shouldn't I be excited? This seems like a bad sign. Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> every, every doubt in the book kind of came screaming in. I said yes. And then we spent the next couple hours crying on the floor of our apartment mm -hmm. as I just professed all my fears and my doubts. And that is not something I recommend doing <laughs> in that, <laughs> certainly not in that way. But I just, I was in survival mode. Like I felt like I was going to have a panic attack or something like I needed to sit down. I was freaking out. My nervous system was really, really like severely dysregulated. So the interesting part of it is like, even though it is, and we all maybe know that it's normal and healthy to have some amount of doubts, it felt so crippling and so, so fearful and just so catastrophic that there was a part of me that didn't really trust it. That mm. was like, hmm, there must, there's something else going on here. Why does this feel so big? Um, I want to be with my partner. I want to move forward and do our relationship together. So why does it feel so scary and crippling? And I, like most people do, had never heard of this experience before. I'd never felt this to this degree or know anyone who'd gone through it. So I just Googled. <laughs> and that's how most people learn that relationship anxiety exists. So that was the start of my journey. Um, many other layers beyond that. But long story short, I ended up healing my relationship anxiety, learned so much about myself, so much about how to trust myself and my choices. Um, there were a lot of things that were triggering my relationship anxiety, like kind of all the three big ones, like self-trust, self-esteem, which are can kind of be wrapped into one. Definitely old trauma, wounding, attachment style anxious attachment were all playing a part. And then the life transition of being engaged, being proposed to, and just life transitions in general are scary. So I kind of had all of them. Those are the three most common catalysts for relationship anxiety coming on, but it's not really about the relationship, right? It's about something deeper underneath that's coming up and wanting to be healed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much things that we can go into. Yeah. <laughs> so many things we can go into. Before we go any further though, I want uh, you to help us understand what is relationship anxiety for somebody who might be like, I think that I get it and I think I've experienced it, but like in, you know, your own words, really, what is it? Absolutely. So clinically <laughs> relationship anxiety, and then I'll share with you another definition, but like the most common signs of relationship anxiety are distressing or unwanted or intrusive thoughts 
um, about your relationship. So very preoccupied about your relationship or your partner. Um, the thoughts are, they cause distress. They're not comfortable. It's not easy. It can feel like anywhere from, you know, oh, I'm having some doubts, but they just keep coming up over and over and over again to like panic attack level anxiety. It feels like it's hard to breathe. It feels like my heart's going to explode. So anywhere on that spectrum, sometimes we don't even necessarily feel a dysregulation in our nervous system. We just notice the thoughts, especially if they've been happening for a while because our nervous system kind of gets used to them. In addition, we tend to see what's called compulsions or coping mechanisms, um, which there's no shame around this. We've all been there. Really any kind of like urge that we might feel to seek some amount of certainty outside of ourselves because really we're not feeling safe on some level. It's like a trauma response. It's like we're triggered. We're not in our executive functioning part of our brain, right? And so they're really just coping strategies. They're all we've ever had to cope with large amounts of uncertainty and really relationships in general are going to be especially triggering because they're our most intimate relationship and they trigger any old relational wounds that might be there. So compulsions could look like, or um, coping strategies could look like, you know, incessantly Googling like, oh, I'm scared. I'm going to go Google and see if this is a sign or a red flag or seeking reassurance outside of ourselves. Um, you know, asking friends or family or a partner over and over again, it may give us a temporary band-aid fix of like, okay, I've made the right choice. I can be with my partner, but it doesn't actually break the anxiety cycle. It actually perpetuates it. So mm -hmm. I guess one other way I define it is I talk about the relationship anxiety coin. Um, you'll also, if you Google or research this, it's also con uh, referred to as relationship OCD or ROCD as another way of thinking about it. And it's like those two sides of the relationship anxiety coin. There's the I'm not enough side and my relationship is enough side. Really mm -hmm. at the heart, they both stem from some version of I'm not enough, even if it's mm -hmm. very unconscious. But the I'm not enough side of the coin can sound like, you know, what if my partner leaves me, cheats on me, doesn't really love me? That one's a little more easy to see as clearly an inner work invitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is more treacherous especially in just in the culture of society we tend to live in that idolizes perfection in relationships, which is the, my relationship isn't enough side, which will look like a lot of projecting fears and insecurities and doubts onto the relationship. It's very subconscious. We don't mean to do this, but it's like, do I love my partner enough? Am I attracted to them enough? Is this relationship the right choice? Am I settling? Is this my intuition or God or some sign that I'm not supposed to be in here? Shouldn't it feel or look a certain way? Oh, we fight sometimes. Does that mean we're not compatible? Et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it can be a little insidious, but it's a lot of projection going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this. I mean, I think that I recognize myself and I'll share later on some of the relationship anxiety I had before getting married, but I think so many people are experiencing it at different levels. I'm curious for you, like take us back to that moment you're having, you know, you said yes, but you had those few hours of sharing all the things. How did you get from that to then making a decision going forward? Was it for you, you mentioned those two sides of the coin, was it a little bit of both? How did you figure this stuff out? Yeah. Walk us through a little bit your journey of coming out of it. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, number one was I practice not trusting fear. And this is kind of, this is like a personal practice that I've adopted in my life, which is 
when you notice something that feels like intense fear or triggering, or it just won't leave you alone to instead of taking it at face value and thinking there must actually be a problem and this must be the problem. And so I must find the solution. There's a practice of getting curious and, and introspective mm-hmm. and going, if the problem wasn't really the problem, where might this actually be coming from? Because if it's really that triggering, it won't leave you alone or it feels that intense, like distracting and preoccupying mentally, then there's probably another layer to this, right? So getting curious, I'm grateful that I did that because I could have just said, nope, (laughs) peace out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, which some people do and there's no shame in that. I think we've all been there too, um, whether we acted on those urges or impulses or not. And uh, I definitely enlisted help. I found a coach. I found someone who knew about relationship anxiety, which there was like one person back then. This was many, many years ago. Now there are more of us luckily, but it's still widely unknown. So Mm -hmm. it's very gratifying to be able to do this work now with my clients. But I so definitely found help, found support. It's just a lot to heal on your own. And I, I made a practice of like, okay, well, if like, again, another helpful question we can kind of ask ourselves, if I was feeling secure in myself, in my life, in my relationship, what would I be doing? How would I be showing up? What steps would I be taking? And I was like, Mm. well, before this trigger happened, I was like, also kind of considering maybe we'll get married someday. Like I would be taking steps. I would be planning a wedding. I would be working through the triggers and fears and getting clear more on what's coming up for me in, in my inner world and why this is so scary. So I, part of it was also just don't wait to feel certain because you never will. It was showing up as the secure version of myself before I felt totally secure, which is not easy to do, but it's, it makes it very helpful in the sense that you're going to get triggered and then you can work through them. As far as working through my triggers, some things that helped me a lot. And I still use these today. If I'm triggered around anything in life, fear comes up or self-doubt or whatever it might be is number one awareness, like really noticing okay, fear response is happening, even if it's mild and noticing that's the mind, right? Mm -hmm. That's something else. That's not me. I'm the observer who watches and can notice that experience, notice the thoughts, notice the sensations in my body without becoming them or taking them at face value, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's it's really a matter of compassionate self-talk, reframing, um, really challenging old limiting beliefs, and certainly inner child work is one of the gold standards for, for healing and treating, I mean, any kind of anxiety, especially relationship anxiety. Um, so you're healing things that are old and you're also, you are also getting more masterful at calming and soothing your own nervous system. Like you're really taking charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that you talked about The fact that when it was so crippling, you learned to not trust it, right? You like were questioning it. I know a lot of us have been, um, and speaking from my personal experience in that moment of just like, it just takes over everything within you. And I get this question a lot of people asking me like, well, how do you know if it's intuition or if it's my fear or if it's doubt? And I love some of the things you said of like not trusting fear. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between when you're like centered within yourself and you know, and you don't have that anxiety versus when you feel like the world is like kind of falling apart under you and you're questioning all those things? 
Yes, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is to just keep in mind, intuition doesn't sound or feel like fear. If you then go into a fear-based response around it, yeah, technically you could then feel triggered, (laughs) but it's not because of your intuition, right? And so for me, it was, it like put me on this journey of, yes, what is the difference? How do I tell the difference? How do I know when to trust myself and when not? And ways of, of telling her, yeah, your intuition is not going to sound like fear. It's not going to talk in black and white catastrophic statements, right? Like you have to do this or you have to do that. God, spirit, universe, what intuition, whatever your frame of reference is there, honestly, doesn't give a crap who you're with. <laughs> they just want you to trust yourself and make empowered decisions, right? Mm. Like I think the mind goes into the very black and white, all or nothing thinking, right? Like it has to look or feel a certain way. And if it doesn't, then that's a bad sign. And I have to protect myself from imagined perceived future danger that doesn't actually necessarily exist right now. And the truth is life and relationships and decisions that we make are not like, they're not a test that we have to pass, right? It's Mm -hmm. not pass or fail. It's a choose your own adventure. So -hmm. there is no right or wrong choice. You do get to just take the information you have. No one knows how it's going to go. Psychics looking into the crystal ball, they don't know anything for sure. Things change, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so all, what we're really called to do is just, is just to trust and lean into, okay, if I knew everything would succeed, if I knew everything would work out, what next step would I take? You don't have to know how it's all going to go. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. Let's talk about maybe a few scenarios. Like what about somebody who is in a relationship? Maybe they've been going for a year or two and they're like, you know, it feels like this is the one, but I'm having anxiety and I'm like, not sure. What are some of the steps? I mean, you've talked about so many tools already, but how would you recommend that that person understand whether it's about if this person is right for them or not, or if it's something else. So some clear, obvious red flags, like actual red flags would be things like, is there abuse of any kind, verbal, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, like abuse, not okay. Never an excuse for that. And sometimes that can also get murky. Like we can go, oh my gosh, I called them a name while I was fighting, even though I never do that. Normally I'm abusive. And again, the anxiety can kind of hyper-focus on the minutia when in fact, if it's not a clear pattern or something like that, we can also give ourselves some grace, right? We, yeah. we're going to argue sometimes we're not going to feel good all the time in our relationship, but certainly abuse is, um, would be a red flag. And also things like untreated addiction, right? Alcoholism, Mm -hmm. gambling, sex addiction, whatever the addiction might be. If there's untreated addiction that's negatively affecting that person's life and or the relationship, then that's something to take seriously. And then of course, untrustworthiness, unfaithfulness, repeated lying or cheating. It's also okay to have a breach of trust in a relationship at some point. A lot of relationships do go through that in a small way or sometimes even a big way and can absolutely be repaired and healed. But again, is there a pattern? Is this someone that you can generally trust or generally not? And Mm. so we want to take red flags seriously and, and heed those warnings. Whereas if you're noticing that you're having all these fears and doubts, even though there's not actually clear red flags coming up, but it's more so like focusing on the minutia of the relationship, right? 
how am I feeling? Do I feel the way I think I should right now? Am I attracted enough to them? Oh, they did something I don't like or agree with, or I judge. And so do I even want to be with them at all? So that's very, notice how it's kind of catastrophic all or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Our partner will repulse us sometimes. They'll embarrass us sometimes. They won't agree with everything they do or say. They're not perfect, right? (laughs) A lot of this (laughs) is grieving the idealistic, like, Disney Hollywood fairy tale that we've been sold and continue mm. to be fed on social media over and over and over again. I can't tell you how often people I in my community are triggered by memes that again are very black and white. Like, yeah, it, you know, doubt means don't. If you don't know for sure, then there's your answer right there. Right. And it's like, but we doubt all kinds of things. We doubt the color of car to buy. We doubt if we should take this amazing new promotion. We don't know what to order at dinner. Like, of course, we doubt our relationship or our choices sometimes. That's part of being human, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's amazing. What about if we go maybe then to the next stage of like, perhaps they've been married and, you know, they took the big decision. And then I think sometimes there is a feeling of like real permanence after the fact. You know, what about somebody or a couple who's like in that phase and who's like, whoa, this is like really for life? we're questioning things. Yes. Yeah. So I think this is also very normal and not talked about enough. So marriages, if, if you've been married or, or in a committed long-term relationship for a number of years, or you're going to have experiences that test you, life is going to happen. Even things outside of the relationship are going to come in and test you. You could have loss. There's going to be changes and transitions. You're going to see each other evolve and, and grow And so it's normal to, at certain points, again, feel some level of doubt or uncertainty, or I don't know. And what we want to do in those times is again, come back to these same principles that we're talking about, right? Noticing, does this feel like, what if this is maybe just stemming from anxiety, right? Notice if there's any black and white thinking or catastrophic thinking or what ifs or things that just feel very based in fear. And also notice, are there some legitimate relationship challenges to work through? Because that's also perfectly normal, but we can kind of, one can be mistaken for the other or, or exacerbate the other. And the truth is that we're going to have challenges. And at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. It's not a special formula or algorithm that will tell you if you should stay in your relationship or not. (laughs) It's a matter of, do you still care about this person and do you still want to make it work? And if ever that's not true, like you genuinely are done, that's also okay, but trust yourself, right? Because that's not going to usually sound like, oh my gosh, I want to be with them, but what if I can't? What if I have to go, right? Mm. There's a big difference there versus our intuition versus our fears. Yeah. You, I think, really spoke to peace that was my relationship anxiety. Also, I like didn't really understand that that was a thing until way after I had figured it out. Even going through coaching and therapy, it wasn't ever called that. Like it was because it really stemmed from within, but I think it's just so helpful to put the language on it. So yeah, I really appreciate that you're doing that for us. So I got married in August, 2022. Uh, we were together for about five years before that. And We've done podcasts together on uh, on our show, but I haven't really talked about this piece of it. And I think it's also really important because it's not talked about enough. And from the outside, it can be so easy to be like, oh my God, they look so happy. And like, yeah, they do couples therapy and they talk a lot about the fact that they do work. But 
this was something that was really, really difficult for me. And I think it was about three or four years in. And I had never had anxiety before. Like I had never experienced it. And when I started getting it, it was every single time it was about, yeah, is he the right person for me? And eventually with a lot, a lot of work and understanding and inner work, it was like my fear was that, so I have very strong patterns that I'm, you know, repeating from my family and my mother chose to support my father's career, which is beautiful. And she, you know, they both had an amazing life. They had four kids and I'm so grateful that it did that and it worked for them. And it's not the relationship that I want. But I was so worried because he has a similar pattern in his family that I was with somebody who wasn't going to be able to support, like I was going to be focusing and supporting him and making sure we're both entrepreneurs and making sure his business is great and that he's a great leader and all those things. And I was at the time uh, running my first startup, like you know, taking everything, care of everything in the house. He was, yeah, working at a tech company at the time and doing his startup on the side. But it was like, I was still somehow the one like deciding or asking for a lot of time for us and all these things. And I was like, I feel like I'm like just trying to put everything and like support everything. And I'm not supporting myself. And I'm not actually listening to my intuition and realizing that what I'm doing is no longer what I want to do. I want to create something else. But it took me a really long time to uncover the fact that me questioning him was really just me not doing what I wanted to really be doing. And that was such like a mind-blowing thing. And then not that long ago, I had the same like little pattern over something that we went through. And I'm so grateful for therapy. (laughs) And she's like, like, do you realize like this is a blind spot? Like we've had this conversation for the fact like last years and like it hasn't come up, but like this is happening again. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, the anxiety came from the fact that I started repeating this thing. So yeah, I don't know if you have anything to share on on the story. (laughs) I'm like, yes, I hear you. So, so hear you. That's something that's a pattern that I've noticed in myself as well. And I think especially women and marginalized people experience this to a higher degree from what I've noticed, which is there's always exceptions, but that's the general pattern that we see, which is we're kind of programmed. We may not even consciously think about it. Like you said, it's a total blind spot. We don't mean Mm -hmm. to have to do these patterns. And we all do some version of this where we're like, we're programmed to kind of operate in the same survival mode that our ancestors did, that um, maybe people that helped raise us, our grownups or caregivers growing up did, or we just, especially as women, we it's like the burden of, we want to be entrepreneurs. I love that you are one. We want to make a difference in the world. We want to have our own career. But then there's also this unspoken programming on both sides that says, well, you're also in charge of the scheduling and managing the household and X, Y, and Z. It's so easy to fall into those patterns and not even realize it. And then of course, we're going to feel resentful, but we have a choice in that, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of projecting it onto our partner, I love that you were wise enough to have that aha, which is so empowering, right? Mm -hmm. To go, oh, this is an old pattern and I get to ask for what I want. And so often relationship anxiety is 
that can be a big way that it stems. That it can be a big way that it comes in and, and shows up in our life is there's something that I'm not okay with or haven't talked about or haven't recognized in myself. I haven't spoken up around. So mm-hmm. how, how can I do that? How can I support myself? Yeah. I love that you're, you know, from the beginning, you've talked about this being an empowering journey because it really was like just being able to reclaim that. I will also say I'm extremely grateful for him and the way he handled the whole thing because we share everything and I needed to tell him that I was, you know, fearful and doubting and all the things. And I mean, I call him my little Buddha. He's literally, he was literally like, okay, like if it doesn't work out, like not in a way of that's where we want to go, but like, you know, like whatever happens, happens. Like, yeah. If it's like, we can work through it, we can try, we can do everything. And then like, we'll see. And having such like a peaceful response was the biggest gift because I was expecting a fight of like, what, you're not sure about me. And like, you know, to maybe tap onto some insecurities and not at all. And that was such like a, in the moment realization of like, oh my gosh, my nervous system feels so calm right now. Like he is what I need. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so beautiful. I love that. So yay, go him. That's that's (laughs) so amazing that you had that support. That was a very, very secure way that he responded, right? To, To be open to, you know, we'll figure it out. Whatever happens, happens, you know? And yeah, if someone's coming from a more insecure place, then yeah, they might respond more insecurely, more fearfully. Oh my gosh. Do you not love me anymore? What does this mean? Um, they could go into a more avoidant response as well. But um, but it's so nice when our partner is in a place in themselves where they can show up securely. So yeah, and, and it's a, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I think the root of all of that is just doing the work on your own, right? To be yeah. like trusting yourself, as you said, um, have good self esteem in order to like just know within yourself what it is that you want. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, there's a little twist to the story, to the story that I'll share because I'm all about transparency and honesty. I'm going to say trigger warning before I say this (laughs) trigger warning. (laughs) You've been warned. (laughs) So after all those years healing my relationship, anxiety, honestly, having a really loving, successful marriage. Um, we had a little girl, she's five. Now I ended up after some breaches of trust, there were some things that happened in the relationship that, that we worked on and we thought we'd resolved, but they happened again. And at a certain point I was just done working on it. Mm -hmm. I did end up asking for a divorce right now. I'm in the Mm -hmm. middle of a divorce that's almost finalized and, um, still doing my relationship anxiety coaching in addition to other kinds of anxiety transcendence coaching. But that was like a whole other chapter to my journey that Mm -hmm. most people don't have. I'll be honest in all the years that I've coached people on relationship anxiety, not one can I think of has ever the relationship then ended. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very unusual for me. Even I didn't heal my relationship anxiety and then discover that it's not the right partner. And that's one of the big fears that we have relation with relationship anxiety. And it wasn't the case for me. I healed it and had an amazing marriage for many, many years that I'm mm-hmm. truly grateful for. We're still friends. We co-parent really amicably. And I'm just so grateful. Uh, my ex taught me so much. We grew up together and it was beautiful. And then it felt like the chapter was closed, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't like, um, uh, 
you know, just completely unfounded. Oh my gosh, I realize I have to leave my partner, but I don't want to, right? There were some legitimate reasons and it was, and at that point it had been so many years. I, um, I felt like I could really clearly tell what was me, what was Mm. actually my intuition and, and my actual heart's desire and what was fear, anxiety, and doubt. And so the choice was a lot easier for me and felt really good. And it was very, it was like a whole other chapter in the sense that I thought I could never do that. I thought it would ruin my life. So much of my relationship anxiety in the beginning was a fear of divorce. Mm. And so to realize and for my community to see it, because I've been open and honest with my community as well, to see, wow, life doesn't end. (laughs) Should you choose to go a different path in your relationship someday, even when it's unforeseen, it doesn't mean that you've failed or made a mistake or made the wrong choice. Like you just get to trust. You can trust yourself to, to choose your partner and commit to them. And you can trust yourself to choose something else someday down the road if that is in alignment for you. But like you can't choose wrong, hmm. right? Yeah. It's really trusting your path. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being transparent. I think it's so important to be able to see that yeah, you made a choice and it's great on the other side. And that that's really the only thing that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. when it comes down to self-trust, I mean, that's, that's really the work. That's the journey is trusting yourself, doing that inner work and letting yourself relax into the ease and knowing that your choice is enough and that you're enough. And you really do know what's best for yourself deep down doesn't have to be rocket science. <laughs> I love that because I also think people that might be in a situation where they feel like they know the best outcome is to end a relationship that might doubt their, you know, capability of being on their own. And yeah. that's another thing where it's like, you wouldn't want to stay to stay, right? Exactly. As you said, it's important to make that choice. And if you're staying and doing the work and it's because that's what you want versus, yeah, staying because you feel like you have to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) What kind of tips do you have for somebody who might be listening to this and at first might be like, okay, cool. Like I totally get it. And then maybe if this trigger created some more anxiety, be like, wait, but now I'm confused. Like, am I meant to like, are we making choices for right now? Are my making a choice for, you know, a marriage for forever and deciding like, I'm going to work on that or within that, is that even a choice, right? Of like, for me, this means forever. And outside of the red flags that you mentioned, then, you know, we're going to work through it. And I also, this question is getting complicated, but that's okay. Keep going. (laughs) I also want to say, I loved what you said about the um, like Hollywood, Disney fairy tale, because I think a lot of people as they start continuing and I don't have kids yet, but like, you know, I know that that's a big moment of creating a lot of other things within their relationship that they might be like, Oh, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, that's not what it looks like. 
yeah, speak to whatever my rambling, (laughs) whatever you feel like from that. (laughs) Yeah. I, what I'm pulling from that and please chime in if I'm missing anything is, you know, what about when it's not perfect and how do we navigate and still trust our choices and are they coming from the right place? Is that kind of what you're asking? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So gosh, I mean, there are so many different ways that we are, will hit up against like the Hollywood thing is like relationship myths. So some of the ones that come to mind and relationship myths can like then fuel the anxiety or fuel the doubt and make us second guess or question and not really trust our choices as much, kind of undermined our trust because we're taught to follow the program and listen to people outside of ourselves, even a random internet meme that you, what, who, who invented the meme? Why did they create that meme? To get engagement, to be controversial, not because they know what's right for you, right? <laughs> we want to yeah. put it in perspective. But some of the top myths are things like, you know, doubt means don't, true love never doubts, right? And the, like I said earlier, it's normal to doubt things, especially big decisions in our life. And it actually is just a sign that you're probably a critical thinker and this probably matters to you a lot, right? And that's great. You know, we'll always feel lovey-dovey or connected or attracted or always feel a certain way with our partner. And the fact is love isn't a feeling. Yes, we can like Mm. hormonally and emotionally, we can have emotions And we might feel what we perceive as love, but it's temporary. It's an emotion. It is not sunny all day long. It is gray. It is cloudy. It is rainy. There are all different kinds of weather. There's all different kinds of emotions that are meant to come and go. And so feeling off in your relationship isn't a bad, it doesn't automatically mean a bad sign, right? It means you're human. Great. Mm -hmm. More proof that you're human. You have the full range of emotions. Good. We want that. (laughs) And they will come and go and it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, happy couples never fight is a really common one when actually we're going to disagree. There is no person you can have a close, intimate relationship with for very long until you disagree or have conflict. And fighting is one of the most powerful ways that we learn and grow as a couple, right? That's great. We learn how to fight better. We weren't taught how to fight in a helpful way. We learn communication. We learn conflict resolution. We learn how to regulate ourselves and be a safe space for our partner when we're upset. So so starting to pick apart and just notice, is there a myth here? Like says who? Hmm. Whatever the thought is or statement or logic that your mind is using to second guess you or doubt your decision, a great question to ask yourself or journal on might be, you know, what is that statement? What is the logic going through my mind right now that is then fueling these fears or doubts? And says who? Where did I learn that? Where might I have picked that up? Does that actually match and align with my values mm-hmm. as a person? What do I value and believe in around this? What do I choose to believe in? Because frankly, it's all made up anyway. So you might as well <laughs> choose the beliefs and values that feel supportive of the life you want, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that. It makes so much sense. The idea of like busting those myths and understanding them for them for yourself. And I love what you said about uh, fighting. It's funny, but it's something that I really needed to learn how to do because anytime there was conflict, I would be really good at like bringing, if there was something up that we hadn't talked about, bringing it up. But if it got into a fight, I would just shut down, close, walk away. And I had to like practice with my therapist fighting and she would like be him. And then I would be like, "Uh, I would say this. And at first it was kind of like intense. And then 
it's funny now because he's again, very supportive of my journey. But so sometimes when like he sees that I'm trying to fight, he'll just burst out laughing because he like (laughs) knows what I'm trying to do. But it's actually really, it just brings in this like lightness and sweetness to it. And also this respect of like, you know, we're, we're doing the work. So yeah, I love love that. (laughs) And honestly, humor is that's a repair attempt, even though he may not Mm. even be trying to like, that's a great thing to bring into fights, right? Is levity humor, not at anyone's expense, of course, which isn't the case in this example, but that repairs that's that's healthy it feels good it does it's calming it's soothing for a nervous system like you're saying even if we feel like we're awkward or bumbling through it because it's just again even people that have been practicing like nonviolent communication by marshall rosenberg or some kind of really like high emotional iq level of communicating even the people that teach this and coach on this have to work <laughs> like they still haven't mastered it because it's like not how we're wired, right? And it's not yeah. what we're taught growing up. But the effort matters, right? It shows that you care so much. And uh yeah, I love that so much. I I love that that's the dynamic that happens. Um and you know checking off the boxes is another really common myth, right? Mm, like oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that's not what I thought I signed up for or that's not what I always thought was really important to me. And so I mean, nothing's a deal breaker unless you decide it's a deal breaker, right? Mm. Like I could have stayed in my marriage and still been in it happily if that's what I chose, right? If I was like, I want to keep working on this. Of course, you could have kept working on it and resolved it. And so it's like nothing's a deal breaker unless you decide that it is. And a lot of times the things that, again, the anxiety gloms on onto, they're not legitimate relationship challenges. A lot of times they are the minutiae of like, oh, well, we don't like all the same music and, you know, or whatever, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're going to have differences and that's okay. That's okay. doesn't have to be a deal breaker. Yeah, it really doesn't. I felt that especially at the beginning of the relationship of like, what? But like every other couple goes to the farmer's market together. Like, you don't want to come with me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) These small things. Oh, I could speak for another hour. This has been such a sweet conversation. Thank you so much. We end every episode with just a few questions. Before we do that, can you tell us a little bit more about your work, where people can find you, what kind of offerings you have? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So samaralane.com and you can Google me too. samaralane.com is where you'll find tons of info on my programs and ways to work with me. I do private coaching. I do group coaching. I have lots of different types of containers. It's all virtual work with people all over the world and all time zones. Um, and there's even like some self-paced masterclasses. There's free trainings on there too. I have so much great free stuff. I have a free community as well. Um, so there's lots of ways you can just kind of check it out and find something that's helpful for you, whether you know that you have relationship anxiety or you're still unsure, that's a great place to start. And, um, you can also follow me on Facebook, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is I'm Samara Lane, (laughs) um, and check me out there. And I'd love to love to support you on your journey. Beautiful. And we'll add all the links in the show notes too, to make it easy for people. Um, okay. So let's get into our little, it's not really a rapid fire, but just last little questions. What do you do to unlock your vitality these days? Ooh, I love that question. And what is vitality to me? Um, <laughs> in general, for me, what comes to mind when you say that is 
alignment practices, which I feel like are such Mm -hmm. like a thing. They've become such a buzzword um, right now, but they can be really simple. So for me, that's every day doing something that feels like it centers or grounds me in my self-trust, in my self-belief, in my vitality. And so that could look different every day. It could be the way I talk to myself. It could be verbally processing with someone I love and trust. It could be doing an Oracle card poll or going on a walk or drinking some healthy green juice or prayer. You know, it could be anything, but something that's intentional where I'm just really being and not so much doing Hmm. is very, very helpful to my flow. I love it. It's a game changer. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. The next one is what are you saying no to these days? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I'm saying no to the shoulds, which Mm -hmm. I feel like is a lot of what we talked about today is noticing what feels like a should or a must or a have to. And then Will says who says who, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what actually feels true or right or helpful to me, given the dreams or desires that I have in my life, what's helpful and choosing from that place instead. So no to the shoulds. No, thank you. I love that. The next one is just this fun one. What is on your nightstand? What is on my nightstand? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Some things maybe that I, that people don't want to know are on my nightstand. (laughs) Um, And also earplugs. I'm a very light sleeper. Mm. I have some leadership coaching books. I have my journal. I even have some bedtime snacks on there. I got a whole (laughs) bunch of stuff. (laughs) I love it. Amazing. The next one is if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I don't know if she would have wanted to listen depending on how young she was, but like that, that she's enough, that she is loved, that everything is working out in her highest good. And she gets to like totally drop the reins of control because Mm -hmm. control doesn't exist anyway. And just really go with the flow and let life be fun and easy because it is, we just have to decide to connect with that. Mm, I love that. So beautiful. And then just to end the last one is what is one, like it can be a tiny little habit, something that you do regularly that has had a big impact in your life. Mm, Tiny habit I do regularly has had a big impact. Coming back to what I said earlier with alignment practices and prayer, it's asking for help. And yes, that can mean like literally asking a friend or family member for help, which is not easy for us to do. We've been programmed to not do that. But one of my favorite ways of asking for help is just asking like my higher power. So for Mm -hmm. me, I just call it spirit and just asking my higher power, like, please help me to release blah, 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 let go of blah, blah, blah. If I'm feeling attachment or fear or resistance that feels negative in some way and just help me move toward this goal or this desire that I have of how I want to feel or whatever's in my highest good. I really trust it. That's been a huge one. It's hilarious. The miracles that happen in like a matter of days. Sometimes when I just ask for help, I'm like, Oh, that's all I had to do. (laughs) We don't think that it can be that easy, but if you believe in it, it can. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that so much. Samara, thank you so much for a beautiful conversation. I'm sure people are going to just, yeah, really be able to get a lot out of this. So really, really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. All right, guys. Bye. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm really curious to hear how it resonated with you, how you felt listening, and if there's little snippets that you took away and if maybe there's next steps that you want to have thanks to this conversation. So let me know at Magli on a journey on Instagram. And I just wanted to thank you so much for being here, for listening. If it resonated with you and you want to share the episode with a friend that truly helps us grow, if you want to rate or review the episode, we would highly, highly appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here again. And as we're entering the end of the year, entering November as this episode release, I am just sending you a whole lot of love, compassion, and grace for the next two months coming up. And yeah, I hope you have the time to check in with yourself and kind of see how you want to end the year. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.